0: You're listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cedarvale First Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry at First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarville, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarvale, Kansas, 67024. Um, if you got a Bible,
1: go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter... Two. That's where we're going to be um, for a bulk of this morning. Marjorie, thank you for playing this morning and and making music a little bit better this morning. I appreciate that. Luke chapter 2. How many guys have ever heard good news that when you heard it, it was just so exciting to hear? And especially if you were one of the first people to hear that good news, were, were you guys really, really, really excited to hear that good news? Anybody? When you, when you hear... Now, I'm not talking... I know, we're, I know we're going to talk about the Gospels this morning, and the Gospel means good news. But when you guys hear good news from somebody about some particular thing you hear, whether it's the, the birth of a child or a raise or somebody got a promotion or a new job, and you're one of the first people that that person calls and tells, how many of you guys just love that when somebody calls you with good news? You're like, yeah, I'm so excited, right? We get so excited about good news. Um, and today what we're going to look at is some people who get access to good news, they're the first guys that get to hear about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you wouldn't think that these would be the guys that would hear about it. You'd think in, in, you know, we think in the world in which we live, it'd be the the kings or the the presidents of our days or somebody that, that somebody of significance would hear about the coming of a king. A king would hear about the coming of a king, right? You'd think that. Well, the text tells us a different story about this, and, and in light of the text today, I want us to, to, to in the room this morning, just think about the moment and transport. Like this morning, just go with me here and just transport yourself back to the fields of Bethlehem, and it's a it's it's a night that's clear. There's there's a lot, you see a lot of stars out, um, and you you see this group of men that's going to be um, working the fields. They're working out of the fields and they're they're shepherds. They're just blue-collar workers. They're guys that tend sheep. Anybody ever tended sheep before? I helped shear sheep one time. Nasty little creatures. Not exactly the, the best. Um, it's funny because people say, well, you know, we, we as Christians are referenced as sheep. Sheep aren't the smartest creatures in the world. <laughs> and so we But we have this interesting dynamic. So you've got this group of men that are out in this field. And so what I want us to do is I want us to go um, to Luke chapter 2. And I want us to start in verse 8. And we're going to look at verse 8. And we're going to go through verse 20. This is um, the word of the Lord this morning. And in the same region there were shepherds out of the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that it will be for all people. For unto you is born in this day, in the city of David, a Savior that is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been said to them or been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had been, what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen and that had been told to them. So, like I said, I want us just to to go back. In, in light of the text that we just read, I want us to go back and transport ourselves back to that very night. I know we have an imagination. I know we're not all of us just super stuffy. We can think about this and have an, an imagination and put ourselves back in that night. Think about being in the field. That's your job. It, it, it was it was a silent night, and there was a, there was sheep that were going to be. Tended that night because in those days you had to go out and, and watch them overnight because they're concerned for animals eating them and, and so that's why these shepherds are out there they're making sure they've got their stabs and they're out there Making sure that the sheep are safe because that's their job. That's their livelihood. They're in the field doing what they're supposed to do. They've clocked in for the evening and they're going about their normal business and they're doing what shepherds do. And I'm sure that you know in the, in the time that they're out there together, they're having conversations just like most men would do at work. They talk about family. They talk about life. They're talking about stuff that's maybe going on in town. Something that's happening. We're talking about the sheep? Man, that sheep over in that quadrant over there in that section I was in. Man, he was a booger. Like, I had to whip him a couple times with my... I mean, just keep him... Giving him back, Get back over here. Had to do what you got... You know, they're just having conversations. Doing what most people do with their jobs. Maybe talking about their families. Talking about what they had for dinner. Maybe we talk about that kind of stuff all the time at work. What, hey, what are you doing for lunch? What are you doing for dinner? Cool, what are you doing this weekend? So you have these conversations. And all of a sudden, this angel shows up. And appeared out of nowhere. It's dark. It's nighttime. And he comes out of nowhere, and it's every time an angel shows up, it's always bright. So I'm sure they immediately, sh- whoa, they shield they shield their eyes, because the text tells us they were afraid. They're out in the field, and all of a sudden, this angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So the glory of the Lord, that's bright, it's shining. Every time you hear about the glory of God, there's a bright, shining light that is un- Deniable, and you can't withstand it. And these, the text tells us that they were afraid. They were filled with fear. So they might have even grabbed their staves in defense. Like, okay, I'm going to, who do we need to fight? Chuck, you got your staff? I do, Steve. All right, let's go. Wait, and then the angel says, I, I know Chuck and Steve aren't in there. I just made that up. But, uh, sorry, this is what I'm going to don't stick to my notes. But they're having this conversation that something happens and they're filled with fear. Like, think about the... If an angel shows up here this morning, we're not going to be going, well, that's cool. There's not going to be a, just a... I eh, saw that last week over at the parade. That's cool. Like, that's not going to happen. There's going to be a, an immense amount of fear that overflows our systems and the adrenaline's pumping and they're going all... They're like, ah! They're ready to go. And then all of a sudden, the angel says, hey, 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 hey. Don't be afraid. Listen, i got something I need to tell you. Don't be afraid. And all of a sudden, this angel appears in the sky, and and think about how they must have felt. This is how you would have, like, think about how you would have felt if you had been there that night. Like, this is a massive thing that's taking place. The God of the universe is revealing himself to shepherds first. God constantly does this. He doesn't go to the elite. He doesn't go to the the powerful. He goes to the unassuming. He goes to the the humble. He goes to the broken. He goes to the messed up. Isn't that good news? Because how many of us are broken and messed up and, and confused and have all kinds of problems in our lives? God comes to those that are broken. God reveals himself through the text all the time to the humble and the unassuming. It is just, it just blows my mind to see what God does and how he does it. This is a massive thing. The angel had just shown up and told him, look, the Messiah is here. Like, and trust me, these men, like the stories and the prophecies of the Messiah coming had been coming for a long time. The people of Israel were longing for their Messiah. They were longing to see Jesus. They were longing, but they didn't know who he was. They didn't, they just, I want the Messiah to come. I want my God to come and make this thing right. Their mindset was that God was going to come back. And we're going to talk about this at another point in, the, in our series here. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. But they're looking for a conquering king. They're looking for the guy on the white horse with the sword ready to come in and take everyone out. That's what they're looking for. But what happens is that this unassuming quiet night is punctuated with this beautiful picture of redemption. Jesus, the Messiah, has been born to take away the sins of those who would believe. The Savior of the world, the Savior of the world, the way in which these men could be reconciled back to God, he's here, and they're the first ones that find out. Outside of Mary and Joseph, they're the first ones that find out. That God reveals this to these men. Wow! I would have been completely overwhelmed and excited all at the same time. I'd be like, "Okay, what?" Like, just imagine that. All it, and then it says there was a multitude of heavenly hosts. That's what the text tells us. Is that all of a sudden there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom." He is pleased. And so we've got this giant picture of there was a single angel who came out with the glory of the Lord, says, Listen, there's a Savior that's been born in the city of David. You'll find him. This is where you're going to find him. He's going to be in a manger, he's going to be in a stall, he's going to be in an animal trough. He's not going to be in some palace in a padded bed. He's in a, like that in and of itself is just amazing to see that the God of the universe comes in humble beginnings. He comes in humble beginnings to show this is what it's going to take to follow me. Be humble. Come to me in a humble attitude. Come humble. You don't come prideful and arrogant like some royal guy. Come with a humble, peaceful attitude. And, and so they, and then they see the single angel and all of a sudden this giant myriad, it says that there is a multitude of heavenly hosts. Multitude, in that language, multitude says that there, this term is to describe an army of encampment. So there's a giant army that is encamped in the sky above these men. And just imagine what they're seeing. This bright, just things, they can not even begin to comprehend the, the brightness. Probably looked like daytime out there. And it was just Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels singing out, Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Think about what they're just. Whoa! Whoa! Did you. And then all of a sudden, as quickly as it came. Can you imagine what they're. Did you. Did you just see what. Did you just see what I saw? Did you just hear what I heard? Can you imagine how they felt? And so the Savior to which the world needed to have is here. And the way that these men are going to be reconciled back to God is now in the flesh. And the text tells us they, they, the angels, they all left. And then they said to themselves, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they knew that God had done this. They said, God's given us a message. God showed us they were wise enough to know that God. they were men of God because they knew who God was. And God showed up to them and talked to them so they obviously loved and followed the Lord because God doesn't show up to people like this and tell people this information if they don't believe. So these guys believed. So... This group of men, they say, let's go to Bethlehem and see what's happened here. And they went slowly and just sort of kind of meandered back. "Eh, Well, we'll get there when we get there. Is that what the text says? No, they went with haste. Like they're running. These guys are moving. Like there's so many times that God's moved in our lives and we're not, we don't have this hasty idea that, man, God, I want to know what you want me to do. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. Man, I want in. And run to what God wants. Some of us are just sort of kind of, yeah, I'll get there when I get there. Yeah, I know God wants me to share the good news with my neighbor. Yeah, I know that Jesus is coming again, but I'll get there when I get there. These guys didn't have that kind of attitude. They had the attitude of, let's go, we've got to get there. They moved with great haste. They moved quickly to see who God was. They wanted to see him in the flesh. And so they went with haste, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger and they saw it and they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning about the child. So they find Mary and Joseph and they're, they're told, could you imagine? Like, there he is! There he is! Listen, hi, hi, my name's Caleb. I'm a shepherd out, out east there, I was on the hills. Good to meet you. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> Joseph's going, Oh, huh. okay. Uh, good to me. I mean, all these sweaty shepherds show up because they've been running. They're sweaty. Could you imagine? They're all looking at each other. And, and the, Listen, there was this angel in the sky and he told us about this and there was a group of them and they sang this song and it was incredible and it was huge and, and we've got a... Oh, there he is! He said we'd find this baby and this, this is where we find him and he's here. Oh... Oh, wow. And then Mary, every, you know, everyone wondered. So Joseph's wondering. He's like, what in the world? Mary doesn't do this because I know that it's a, it's a great song. And we love to hear it. My mom it was my, one of my mom's favorite songs, Mary Did You Know? The answer is yes, she did know. <laughs> she knew everything because an angel came to her and said, Here's who he is, and this is what he's going to be. He's going to be the man who, this is, his name's going to be Jesus. He was told by the angel. The angel came to Mary and said, listen, you're going to be pregnant here pretty quick. We're going to, you're going to conceive and, and bear a child. You're going to name him Jesus. And listen, he's going to save you. He's going to be the, the God of the universe that's going to save you. So Mary hears this. Now she's in the middle of all this. And what's this? But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So she's thinking about this stuff. Thinking about, could you imagine as a woman... A mom being given this task, being given this honor to be the vessel that God uses to bring about salvation to the world. She's pondering this up in her heart. She's thinking this all through her mind. And she's she's feeling this since she ponders this up. She's pondering and considering this and thinking about this. And she treasures these things. She's, golly, this is so amazing. And as she held that baby in her arms, the savior of the world, wow, holding him in her arms, just, yeah, how many of you moms ever just, I just love the little bridge of babies' noses and just, I love just rubbing it right there. I just, that's just me. Sorry, I don't know if that sounds too Joe Biden-ish or whatever, but I just, you know. I just, I mean, it's a cute little baby. I just, I, I don't know. I just thought it was, I just, it's adorable. I love when my, when my kids were little. And can you imagine holding that baby in, her, in the arms and saying, this is my Savior. This is my Savior, the God of the universe. I'm looking at him. I've, tre- I've longed for this, this moment and I see him face to face. She treasures this up. The Messiah's here. Oh, and it's this. What this is is confirmation in Mary's heart. So the, the shepherds come and say, Listen, the Lord showed us this. The angel showed up. This is confirmation to Mary even more that this is an important task. This is huge. Jesus. <laughs> you imagine she hands him off to Joseph. I could just, Listen, don't drop him. Don't, shh, don't drop him. Because you imagine, we as men can sometimes be clumsy. I dropped two of my kids, so it's probably what's wrong with both of them. I don't know, but I mean, this is just one of those things that. And then the shepherds go back and they're just rejoicing over this. They're so excited, they're rejoicing over the fact of what they've seen. And they go back and what's the text say? And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen and what had been told to them. So they're like they're going, they're telling people about like they're glorifying God as they're going back to their jobs. That day changed their lives forever. That one event changed their life forever. Think about there's like a wow god's here he's among it. that's what emmanuel means god with us god's with us he's in the midst of it with us and as they leave mary still she keeps all of this in her heart and i could just think uh, this is what moms do she cherishes every moment and that's what moms like to do ladies can you imagine that like just being able to to, to, see, to hold him i asked jamie one time i said what was the best news you've ever heard outside of the gospel? What's the best news you've ever heard, sweetheart? And she told me that it was the day that she found out she was going to be a mother and the day that I asked her to marry her. Asked me to marry her. Did I get that wrong? Yeah, maybe you did. You know what I mean. You, you guys get what I'm saying? Okay, just hold, go with me here. The day that I asked her to marry me, there we go. She was excited. But the day that she found out she was pregnant, like, that she was like, yes! yes like that was the, the excitement in her mind how many parents in the room can relate to that feeling you felt when you found out that god had blessed you with a child so there's was, there was fear but there was also excitement i was like yes i'm gonna have another baby that's awesome like i love kids i was excited so yes there's fear in the in the midst of this there's intrepidation there's there's concern there's worry but man there's delight there's the light. Ladies, can you remember how you could barely wait to tell people you were ha- you're going to have a baby? Like once, once you got all, all the butterflies out and all the fear, you're just like... like we, think about what we do when we tell people we're pregnant. When, when couples tell people they're pregnant. I mean, they have these big elaborate deals now. And then the, the, when we do the gender reveal, man, people have become... They do elaborate stuff to tell what kind of babies they're having. Like I've seen stuff where people shoot Tannerite. That's my personal favorite. Blow stuff up. Big blue or big pink cloud comes up. I mean, think about all the elaborate stuff that we do. You can't wait. This is what happens here in the text. Think about the shepherds. They, They went back to their lives as shepherds, but with the great and beautiful and glorious news of hope that they have now in their hearts, that Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. Our salvation is here. They had seen the gospel in the flesh. They had seen the good news that they had been longing for in the flesh. What would have been your reaction? What would have been your thought process as one of those people? Listen, I was, I was working one night, and all of a sudden an angel shows up, and now we're, I know that we have salvation. They're some of the first, but listen, these shepherds were some of the first bivocational preachers. They got a job as a shepherd, but they're also telling about the good news of the Savior that had been born. So, in light of that, I want us to go over to Romans chapter 10. I want you to see this in Romans chapter 10. And, and I know that some of you, we got a little piece of this in Sunday school. You still have to listen. Sorry. Um, but I want us to see this in Romans chapter 10 because this is why God's word is so important. The proclamation of the good news that Christ has come. The reason we have these Christmas services and we do all this stuff and we talk about the birth of Jesus is because in order for Jesus to be real in your heart, you've got to understand you've got to this is the the foundation of some of our belief systems. That Jesus came and was born of a virgin. That is important. That is an important doctrinal statement. That Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. It was an immaculate conception. It was God-centered. God did it. God put it together. God placed himself in the womb of a woman and was born without any other human intervention. God did that. A miraculous conception. This happened. And so we have this beautiful idea, a beautiful doctrine that's taught here that Christ came and he didn't. there was no, other, no human hands, no men were involved in this. It was a divine act of God. And so what we need to be doing as these shepherds herald and proclaim this good news, as they went back glorifying God and, and doing what they did, the same thing happens in the text here in, in Romans chapter 10. And I want us to look at verse 14 and 15 because this is where um, we get this, this idea here. How then will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear unless someone is preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So here's my my favorite Bible verse, Romans 10, 17. For by faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith cometh by hearing and and hearing by the word of Christ. This is why it is so important that God's word be proclaimed in our churches. The good news can and does change lives. It changed the life of those shepherds. And it's changed the life of men and women in this very room. I have seen the gospel change and transform lives in this room. Just like it changed and transformed the lives of those shepherds, it has changed and transformed the lives of men and women in this very room. And how can they be changed? If, and listen, we can't be changed. This is the mechanism. This is why I told Sunday, our Sunday school class. This book, the Bible, the scriptures, is the tool that God uses to transform men and women's lives. He transforms their hearts by the word being poured over their hearts and faith to believe in him. Remember, Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, lest any man should be able to boast. So, the faith to believe God is a gift and how do we obtain that faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the be- this is the reason G- the Lord says here through Paul in the text, how beautiful, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Oh, how beautiful. Folks, now is the time when you and I need to be sharing about Christ's coming. And here's the deal. If you believe Jesus Christ is coming again, which I do, we'd better be telling people about the first time He came and what He did the first time. Because the first time He came, He came to reconcile mankind back to Himself. He was born. He lived a perfect life. He became the perfect substitute. Died on the cross in your place, in my place, taking your sin, taking my sin On himself and becoming an object of God's wrath so that you can become an object of God's mercy. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. If that doesn't get you excited, having being set up in such a way that you are an object of God's mercy when you deserve to be an object of God's wrath. Whoa, that's so good. To know that God stepped in and became the perfect substitute and took, like, listen. You deserve to go to the cross. I deserve to go to the cross. But Jesus came in at just the right time, Romans chapter 5, and says at just the right time, he came in and died for the ungodly. How many of you guys have ever been ungodly? A couple of us, yeah. All of us better be raising our hands. All of us have been ungodly at some point in our lives. But God steps in at just the right time and takes your place. Nothing should be holding you back from sharing this good news. This is the time in which the people of the book of Acts, the time that you and I are living in, look around at all the stuff that's taking place. Look at all the stuff that's being fulfilled in our day. This is the day when the people of the book of Acts were long, Man, I want to I be in the days when Christ returns. He's coming back. He's coming back for. His people. Those that have believed in him, he's coming for them. He's coming to redeem his his people and bring them back. Oh, this is such a good thing. Being quiet should be the last thing on our minds. Paul tells us, like I said, it's a beautiful thing to be a holder of this good news. So I want you to understand that I... I'm wanting us, as a church, I'm wanting you to understand that we as a church, I want us to impart this information to people, this good news. I want us to leave a legacy. I want us to leave a legacy that points people, points generations to Jesus. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 tells us not to be afraid. Whatever you do, because some people say, well, Caleb, I don't want to talk about Jesus because... I might mess it up and I just want to be... I need to be quiet. No, 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 no. God tells us in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I'm with you. So, go herald the good news. Go herald the good news. I remember the first time I... I, I mean, I grew up in the church. My dad's a pastor. I grew up in the church. I've seen uh evangelistic meetings i've seen revivals i've been a part of all these things and in my last year of high school is when it became really real for me when i saw this for the first time uh we had a guy come in and do an evangelistic outreach event and he was a preacher He, he preached for a weekend or a week i can't remember how long he was there we took him to lunch and we were we were sitting there at the table and he we were eating pizza And the guy looks at the waitress and says, hey, I got a question for you. And we're just sitting there like, uh uh-oh, see what he does. Because he's an evangelist. This is his job he's doing. You know, that's what he does. But man, we're called in Matthew chapter 28 for all of us to go and make disciples. So all of us are called to be evangelistic in our intentions to people we know. So he's sitting there at this table and he looks at this lady and he says, hey, I got a question. The pizza we just ordered, can that feed 5,000 people? She's like, uh, no, 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 it can't. She goes, and then he goes, well, (laughs) I know a guy that could. I know the guy that could. He he could take that pizza and he could feed 5,000 people with it. His name's Jesus, and then he goes right into like this evangelistic. You know, Papa just goes through the Romans Road and talks to this cashier, this this waitress about Jesus. That like I saw that and I was like, what? You can do that? That's awesome. And that sort of kind of inspired me to be like, okay, I, I want I want in. And and so it took me a few years to get the gumption and the boldness to be able to do that. Man, man, I love doing that kind of stuff. Like I love asking people how can I pray for them? Where do they go to church? ask him. I asked that, I've done that before hey can this food feed 5,000 people uh, no, I don't think so it's just a steak no well here hey just a hamburger Oh, here how about this I know a guy that could make that hamburger in such a way that could feed 5,000 people or more because he's God have you, ever, have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ have you been washed in the blood Woo. people start going oh wait a minute what or, hey how can I pray for you today sit down at the... I, I, I'm never, I'll never forget, we were at a bachelor party for my brother-in-law. And we were at Logan's Steakhouse was the name of it. Do you, have any, do you have any connection to Logan's Steakhouse, Logan? Oh, okay, fair enough. So we're at Logan's Steakhouse and we're eating dinner at a bachelor party. And I'm sitting at the bachelor party with all these guys. And the waiter comes up and I said, hey, got a question we're fixing to pray for this food how can we pray for you and he told us this whole thing i'm getting ready to get married and i am trying to secure a house i'm trying to do this i'm trying to do that and he went through this whole detailed list i said listen I, i've been bought with the blood of the lord jesus christ and jesus has saved me and I, I just want to impart good news that jesus loves you and that he can save and transform your life but man can we pray for you tonight I said, hey, I want you to sit down. We grabbed the chair, put him in our group. And then we, as a group, was like, hey, fellas, let's do this. And we all laid hands on this guy. And we prayed for him and said, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you just make yourself known to him, Father. I pray that you'd answer his prayer, that you'd take care of his, his future wife, and you'd take care of his housing issues, and you'd take care of all these things, God. And God, more than, more importantly, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to him, that man, if this young man doesn't know who you are, that he'd repent of his sins, and that he would be a submissive servant, and he would follow you all his days. That's a different kind of stuff. Like, and it all started because I saw somebody else do it. This guy was heralding the good news of who Jesus is, man. If you know good news about something, and you're not hiding that from anybody. Like, let me, like, example, Hannah Kate, this summer, worked on the movie set for Killers of the Flower Moon. She did the COVID swabs. She did all the nursing, she did nursing stuff. That was your primary job, just COVID swabbing people and eating good food. Like, I just... The stuff she told me about what she got to eat was ridiculous. But, I man, she'd get done, and she'd come in. Like, it wasn't... Everybody asked the question, Hey, did you, did you get to meet Leo yet? Have you met Leonardo DiCaprio yet? She, actually, uh, COVID swabbed his nose today. And She, she didn't... Like, she was excited, but she'd tell people about it. Like, to this day, we still talk about it. Like, that's something she didn't keep... Oh, no, I don't want to talk about that. She's really excited. Like, Guess who I got to meet today, Dad? I got text messages one day. She met the guy that owns the rights to the movie. And The guy's like a billionaire, owns like a sports team. She goes, Dad, uh, guess what I just got to do? Like this huge text with, Dad, guess what I just got to do? What? I just got to meet the guy that owns the rights to the movie. I was on his private plane and COVID swabbed his nose. Oh my goodness, it was so cool, Dad. Oh my gosh. And then when she got to meet Different movie stars. Dad, guess what? I met whoever. Think about if you had a job like that, if you were in the midst of that and you met some celebrity. Like I met, like the one celebrity that I've met that everybody knows, I got to meet Ben Affleck. There's still a picture of me and him on my Facebook we get excited when we meet celebrities. We don't we don't keep that quiet. We're excited about when we see things like that. Nobody's quiet about this stuff, but man, when it comes to Jesus Christ, we're quiet. The God who made every one of those movie stars, the God who made you and gives you the ability to breathe in the breath you have, the air that you have, the things that you're able to do, God gives you the ability to do that. But yeah, we I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about. No, we've been called by God to go herald the good news. Just like these shepherds, you and I are called to herald the good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? And listen, no one can can be saved without first hearing the word of God preached. He's like, "Well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not calling you to preach the word. I'm calling you to, to to be an evangelist and go to the places where you are and just use the Bible. You know." Start with the Roman road. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone all means all. You've sinned. You've broken God's law. And Romans 6.23 says that you've... For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He came. He was born of a virgin. Lived a perfect life. Died on the cross for you. And was raised three days later for your justification. That's the gospel. For you and then romans 10 9 and 10 if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved like that's i was so inspired by that one moment when i saw that evangelist do that i wanted to do it too i wanted to share the good news of what jesus had done for me because i saw that it could be done And listen, like, that's what I want for us as a church. I want for us as a church to understand that you and I are here and we're called by God to leave a legacy that points people, points generations towards Jesus. And so as the shepherds of that day, I want to be the shepherd of this day and say, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest. He came to save and reconcile and redeem me and he'll do it for you.
0: You've been listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry of First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarvale, Kansas, PO BO Box 456, Cedarville, Kansas 67024. God bless you.